the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Have you found your happiness yet in 20, what year is this again? Yeah, 24. Well, here's the thing. If you're looking for happiness, that's already a problem. When you are taking care of others, yeah, your happiness is usually last place. Why? Because you don't get a chance to be happy. What's that? Happiness. Who gets to be happy when you're having to take care of other people? Well, some of the parents are like, I'm always happy with my children. You're lying. Don't do that. Tell the truth. Be free. It's easier. I tell people all the time I grew up hearing the prices of lying. So take your time with what I just said, the prices, not the price of lying, the prices. See, the thing is, there are a lot of expenses related to lies. So the sooner you tell the truth about a matter, about the situation, even your feelings, such as being happy, right, you're actually going to get to the truth of the matter for yourself sooner than later. So how do you do that, Lorraine? Somebody asked me. I said, well, the first thing is don't lie to yourself. If you're upset, if you're angry, if you're hurt, if you're tired, if you're disgusted, all of those words, yes, for caregivers, it's ongoing and it's all the time it's always something something and i tell people that listen to this show thank you for remembering that if you care you're a caregiver so don't get caught up in the stereotypes there are kids that are caregivers what yes so i'm shouting out to the kids today why because yes there are children that participate in the wellness and health of their parents now this might not sound like something you want to hear, but it's still the truth. There are parents that are not well, yet they have children, and their 12-year-old or their 9-year-old, yes, take care of them? Sure they do. How is that? Well, they have to make sure their parents take their medicine, or they have to make sure their parents don't pass out, or then there are other situations where it's a little more complicated. There are children of disabled parents, and just because someone is disabled, it doesn't mean they're dysfunctional. However, that can be a case and a cause. Now, what does that have to do with happiness? Well, as a caregiver, you don't always have the option to be happy at that moment. Sometimes when you're a caregiver, you have to think more about the situation at hand. So happiness, it's usually not a priority when you have to execute what is at hand. So I often say the demand at hand, and I have to make a decision. What's more important here? And I have to make choices. And I mean within seconds, this or that, this, this, that, that. Yeah, let's do this. 
And I have to do that within two seconds. Try it. One, one thousand, two, one thousand. And the decision was made. Yes. Oftentimes, happiness isn't involved in that two-second process. So when I do get a chance to go look for happiness, it's sometimes an exhausting search. Why? Because I'm already tired. I've already used all of my brain power and physicality. Sometimes I wake up with this. I was telling a friend, sometimes I don't even get to go to sleep fully. And she said, you would never know that. I was like, right, unless I tell you. So that's the joy of the Lord. So what's the difference between happiness and joy? Most people interchange those words. Well, I've been a Christian for a long time. And one of the things I continue to find about my Christianity is this. People have a lot of fleeting emotions. We all do. Angry. Yeah, that's emotional. It can be. And then you have those people that are excited. That can be emotional as well. And then you have those people that are frustrated. That can be emotionally driven as well. They're all adjectives. They're all words. They're all descriptions. For some people, it's all the same. But for me, eh, I found that there's a difference. And for me, the difference is what? Well, the actual definitions of the words. So take a moment. Whether you're driving, you're doing the laundry. One of my friends, she just actually sits still and listens to this show. Listen, happy. It's a word we take for granted, but it means delighted, pleased, or glad over a particular thing, for example. So usually happy will always denote some type of pleasure involved, Um Like I said before, I mean, there's a hit song out there with that word in it. And I mean, it's a hit. It's still going on. It's used in commercials, everything. But what about joy? Oftentimes, we only hear the word joy during the Christmas season that we just passed. Yeah. And then it's like we don't hear about joy anymore. So what is joy again? Oh, it's an emotion. Yes. It's an emotion of great delight. Or happiness. Wait a minute. I thought you said they were different. I'm not finished. Caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying. Wasn't that the same as pleasurable? Sure. It's elation at its best. But the best part is when you get into the roots. The roots. Look at the roots. So we've got joy. We've got happy. Now with joy, it's rooted in this cool Latin gaudia. It has this... Either way, meaning it can be masculine or feminine. But the base of it, as far as joy, is to be glad. Oh, so what about happy now? Yeah, so when you look back at happy, because I'm going to help somebody here today. When you look at the definition, remember, the definitions sound very similar. But at the origin of happy, a lot of us don't know this. Have you ever heard of happenstance as a word? Yeah. Um, It happened to be so or it happened yesterday. Um, It happened last night even. What happened? So what happened? We say that often. Did you hear that H-A-P part? Hap? Yeah. So when you look at that, oftentimes nobody pays attention to the root of it. Happening. Hap? One's luck? Hmm. One's occurrence? An accident? 
Oh, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, luck or chance. That's what happiness is rooted in. Luck, chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's from an old Norse, hap. And it gets really complicated after that because I don't speak those old school languages, but basically you just need to understand this. It's about convenience. Hmm. It even goes down as far as auspiciousness, even victory. Perhaps. Did you hear that? Perhaps. Uh-huh. Same root. Wow. Each hap. Perhaps. Wow. So now let's go back one more time over this because I'm sure somebody's confused. They don't really hear the difference. Uh, Some people don't even care. That's called apathy. That's another show. Now, if you want to understand how to care when you don't care, but you want to care, you know you should care, and then you feel guilty because you don't care, and you know you should care, don't rely on happiness. Because, again, it's basically rooted in luck a situation that is fleeting can come and go. Now, joy, on the other hand, remember, I told you, it's based on the idea of being glad. Aha. So when you're glad at the end of the day, what it comes down to is you have this caricature that is in your imagination, or in my case, my soul, of cheerfulness. Mm Mm-hmm. Think about it. Cheerleaders out there that are retired, I'm a retired cheerleader. So when we were out there rooting for the team, what was that about? It was a group of us that got together and cheered on something. Well, if you're thinking glad has to do with cheering, it's rooted in that a little bit. But here's the best part. Glad actually goes all the way back to Dutch, even German. And it means smooth. Who would have thunk it, huh? Yeah, it does. So let's put it all together. At the root of joy is gladness. Uh Uh-huh. Serve the Lord with gladness. Have you ever heard that in church? Yeah, that's in that Psalm, Psalm 100. Mm -hmm. Well, what about the joy of the Lord is my strength? Right. So are you seeing the difference? Work with me. Listen now. Here's how it goes. If you have joy versus happiness, you're going to have more what? Smoothness as opposed to what? A chance, a good fortune that might be fleeting and passing by. Now, the timing is what it's all about. How do I manage to keep things smooth? A lot of us, you know, it's relative because Some people drive fast and they like a smooth running car. Some people jet ski and they like for the water to be smooth. Are you feeling it yet? Some people like to snow ski and they want a smooth, what, ski experience. Because who wants to snow over a bunch of clumps of snow? It just might not happen. So now, put it all together today and look at yourself. Are you full of joy or happiness? So, there's nothing wrong with either. It's about the root of what you need out of the situation. So, for me as a caregiver, I try to rely more on joy. Simply because I have a scripture with the word joy in it and I can go back to it. Now, happiness, it's a beautiful word. But like I told somebody, everything that happens to me 
is because of the Lord. All of my help, me, Lorraine, all of my help comes from the Lord. So for me, I rely strictly on him. I don't rely on happenstance, chance, good fortune. I told someone, no, I wasn't lucky. Uh, This was divine. (laughs) There's a difference between what? The provision that God makes for me by his right hand. Do you know that there are people out there that weren't allowed to write? I'm talking about take your hand, pick the left hand, and they weren't allowed to use the pencil. Even though they were inclined to be left-handed, they weren't allowed to write with their left hand because the Bible said everything was about the right hand of God. So if you were born in like the 40s, 50s, 60s, and that happened to you, hey, that's how people believed in this country back then. Hey, we have a different set of rules now in America. But nonetheless, some things still remain. And truth always remains. Now, God's right hand, I always say, is described within the Bible. We don't ever hear anything about the left hand. So for me, just for fun, I always say, wow, Lord, if you're going to bless me with that right hand, I can't imagine if I get the left hand from you, Woo! that's going to be a great blessing. That encourages me. What encourages you today when you're having emotional difficulty, instability? Mental health has been the hot topic this month. Why? Because this was a month of service for some. This has been a month to unite with others that are different than you, to feel the unity and the love. This has been a month to sacrifice and do something for other people. Well, for me, I'm a caregiver. And I do something every day, pretty much all day, for my mom. And it is a sacrifice. I do care. I could not. That's an option always. But what the driving force for me is this. Go back to the fruit of the Spirit. Check those out in Galatians 5. Start at verse 22. So people that don't know them by heart, no problem. I I got you. If you're driving, please don't try to look at the Bible while you drive. Thank you. So, the fruit of the Spirit, that first one, love, that's what keeps me going. Love, if we just jump over to 1 Corinthians 13, we'll get the definition. It'll lay it out for you. 1 Corinthians 13, oh yeah. Love is, you fill in the blank of your life with those words and then apply. Love is patient. Love is kind. Whoa, whoa. For us caregivers, impatience, I am, I said impatience, is usually the default for caregivers. Why? Because we want it the way we want it, and we want it to happen now. But depending on the type of care you provide, you might not get to have it your way, the way you want it, and at the time you need it to happen. So patience, not only is it a virtue, as they say, it is virtuous, but It's a part of love. Now, let's go back to the fruit of the Spirit. When you look at that fruit and you listen to those descriptions, it makes me laugh every time because I'm like, was this deliberate, Lord? Is this order, is it on purpose that the order is love, joy, peace? (laughs) I'm like, if that is not what every caregiver needs in that order, love, joy, peace, that can get us through the moment now. What about the people that are not caregivers? Who are those people, the apathetic people? They probably aren't loving people. They probably don't care much. They usually don't have any joy, and they're usually anxious. They're usually mean. 
Yeah, because peace from God will calm all of that down. Because remember, the fruit of the Spirit, we're talking about the Spirit of God. I had a young woman tell me that she thought all of her Christian life that the Spirit was separate from God. And I needed more, you know, details from her. And she explained it. I understood her concept. But I want Christians to understand, if you believe, as I do, in the Trinity, the three are one. And you stand by faith in believing that. Now, that's through the Bible. You can go into John. I'm talking about the book of St. John, the old-fashioned Gospels. You can study those on your time, your dime. But in the meantime, for me, I am depending solely on the truth of the matter. This says, but the fruit of the Spirit. And that's God's Spirit. Love, joy, peace. Now, caregivers, you ready? Long-suffering, that's us. Ooh, we suffer for a long time, don't we? We miss out. We're deprived. We don't get to have it the way we want it, the way we want it. And we want it when, like my mom says, now. <laughs> Gentleness. Um, caregivers, there are some heavy-handed caregivers out there. But but we do have to try to be gentle with the people that we care for, not just physically, but mentally, emotionally. Goodness, faith, all of that is a part of the fruit of the Spirit. Yes. Meekness, what is that? Well, uh, for some young people, let's say this way. Uh, I always tell young people, meekness is one of those old English words that a lot of times we don't use in our everyday language. But if you just keep reading the Bible and find out what that means, you're going to find out that being meek, it, it kind of just means taking a back seat to the matter. So how do you do that? Well, when people put stuff in your face that you don't like, like I have to deal with all the time from I'm talking about actual people because they're pretty bold with what they say to me in the way that they say it as it pertains to my mother, the care she needs, the things I should be doing for her. My first reaction is, hey, you want to switch? You want to take my life and I'll take yours for free because I don't think you'll last not even 24 hours being a caregiver. My mom always taught me everybody sees it from the outside of the sauna box, right? In other words, nobody knows how hot it is in there until they have to go inside. Some people won't even last one minute in a sauna. They pass out. Why? Too much heat? Yeah. So they used to tell us, get out of the kitchen. <laughs> in other words, if there's too much heat for you. Well, most people, it's easy to judge from the outside. When you're a caregiver, meekness is what helps you with the judgment from other people. Well, have you ever thought about, have you ever thought about it is what I ask them back. And they tell me, well, uh, no, not really. So why are you asking me? <laughs> so if you're that one that has judged a caregiver, now watch this. The caregiver could be your sister, could be your friend, it could be your neighbor. Hey, have you ever thought about backing the car in? Well, how about you do it for a week, uh, give it a test run. In this situation that you're making the suggestion for me and get back to me. Oftentimes when I do that to people, I don't hear back from them. Why? Because they find out, oh, that doesn't work. Right. Yeah, I've lived that one already. But thank you. It's not that my pride won't allow you to make the suggestion, my meekness allows me to hear you out. But I also offer to you in the most patient way, this is where 
the fruit of the spirit comes in as sweetly as I can, despite your seriousness and you're being pretty provocative with me. I just try to calm down within my own soul, submit to your suggestion, but I also offer you a suggestion to consider because it's easy to judge people and say what you would do until you're doing it. It's easy to assume when you don't have the information. And it's definitely normal to just put a label on people and then leave them in the corner like a box with a label. Yes, people do that to caregivers all the time. How does it make us feel? Alone. Even the Surgeon General recently said that loneliness has become a great source of mental health issues in America. I think that's been around for a while. No one just wants to acknowledge it. When you're a caregiver, you can feel lonely. And you have a lot of people around you. You have all kinds of people around you oftentimes as a caregiver, especially when you have to take people out, take them to the doctor, when you have to meet with other people that help you manage the care of the person, whether it's the repair person, the technician for the scooter, the electric vehicle, mobility chair, whatever. You have all kinds of people, specialty practitioners. However, nobody sees how lonely you are because oftentimes in those moments of exchange, it's a very fleeting experience. You conduct the business, it's over. Now what? You're back to one-on-one with that person. I see that oftentimes between married couples that are doing caregiving. For the wife, for example, she's oftentimes abandoned by her friends. Why? Because first, they assume that she doesn't have time for them. Uh, Did you call her to see if she'd like to go out for coffee? Maybe she just might have a niece that's in town that week that can come sit with her husband and go out for breakfast, coffee with you for two hours. Don't assume, just ask. Take the humble route. Just ask. Give that person a call and say, hey, I'm going to the store today. I'm going to be in your neighborhood tomorrow. Is there anything I can pick up for you? Don't assume they have everything they need. It doesn't matter how many times they've told you no. Still ask that 117th time just might be the time that they'll submit to you. Remember, being meek, it's part of the fruit of the spirit. So caregivers, you have to submit to offers. When people offer help, take it. The number one rule in caregiving is one, if there's no care for the caregiver, there is no care. So caregivers, when people offer help, that's a form of care. They care about you. Even if it's a stranger, hey, did you want me to push that basket back? Oh, no, I got it. Shame on you. Shame on you. Tell them, oh, thank you. It might take you a little while to get used to accepting the help, but the more you do it, the easier it becomes. But you have to practice. Practice does make you perfect in a way. It'll make you more perfect at what? Receiving help. Many of you don't like to ask for help. So when the help is offered, the least you can do is just say, okay, that's easier than, oh, no, I I got it. When you're struggling with three bags and you're trying to juggle that, the person you care for managed to put the bags in the back seat. 
close the door for the person. Somebody's watching you from afar juggle all of that, and all they want to do is take the basket back and put it in its proper place in the grocery store parking lot. It's okay to say, okay. It's nothing wrong with saying, okay. It's called compliance. Did you not realize that that compliance will lead you right back to joy? Being compliant? Sure. How is that? Well, here's how it works. When you take on the spirit of the Lord, his fruit are, we said it already, love, joy, peace, but meekness. Meekness is one. And being meek is a form of being compliant. Just give in to the person. Let them have it. Let them win. It's okay. You didn't lose because you let someone help you. You're not losing because you took some advice. It's okay to let someone teach you something that you think you already know. Because my grandma used to say, you might just find out an easier way to do that. That which you already knew? Sure. It might be a new technique. Science is happening all around us every day. Listen, watch, learn, and accept the help. So caregivers, one of the best things you can do for yourself this week is be meek. Wow. So how do we go from joy and happiness to meekness? Well, here's the difference. If you look at those three words, joy, happiness, meekness, I've got two out of three as fruit of the spirit. I'm going to go with the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, self-control, that, that's in there? Yep. Faithfulness, goodness, gentleness. Yeah, but meekness. Try that one this week when you're giving care. This week, try to be just a little more meek, one day at a time. You've been listening to me, Lorraine Carroll, right here on Caring the Burden, not carrying our burdens. We cast our burdens to the Lord. He cares for us, First Peter 5 and 7. But in the meantime, join us anytime, any podcasting station, all day, every day. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.